Hello, everyone. This is Pritam Atma, author of Mystical Motherhood, Fertile, and Alchemy of Becoming. I have an amazing guest here with me today. Her name is Kelly Knight. She's a natural intuitive and psychic medium who blends depth psychology with tarot to help guide people through life transitions and uncover deep truths about themselves. She's also the co-author of Spells for the Modern Mystic, a ritual guidebook and spellcasting kit published by HarperCollins. She is the founder and owner of the Modern Mystic Shop, a modern metaphysical shop that focuses on ritual tools that is online. So if you like anything we talk about today, you can go to her shop and purchase it. I had to bring her on as a guest. I think she is an amazing woman who has done so much in her life and has used spiritual techniques, technologies really, and these rituals to change herself. And so we go deeply into what type of rituals you can use in your own life and how to do it and what happens after you do. And we discuss what a ritual is. We discuss the elements and the directions and how to utilize this um, valuable information. And we go into different spiritual technologies. It's a great conversation. If you like this podcast, please leave a rating, share it with your friends, share it with your family, share it on social media. And if you want to purchase any of my books, please go to www.mysticalmotherhood.com. All of my courses are there. The, the ability to work with me privately is there. And if you'd like to contact Kelly Knight, all of her information is in the show notes. Thank you so much. And I appreciate you leaving a rating. Have a beautiful day. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks. I want to hear how you start, like how you started your shop, when the book started to come through, like when, how did you receive it? And how did you know? And did you start to do this? Or was it like a channeled experience of you just, you know, tell us about yourself. And then how did you create these rituals? So do you want to start with this, the business part first or the ritual part you decide. first? Okay. Well, for me, um, we'll start with the store because it's just more chronologically accurate. So for me, I had a very abrupt psychic awakening. So I was... Um, in my, it was 2011, like with everybody (laughs) or with like a lot of people. And I was part of this sort of like transformational group and community. And I had like a very abrupt experience in a group setting where I had, um, like a physical healing, like instantaneous physical healing of an ailment. And then the next day when I woke up, I was able to see and sense things that I couldn't perceive prior in a very like overwhelming way. Like, like all of a sudden it was like all the lights turned on all at once. And I was like very confused and thought that I might be having some sort of psychotic episode. So that, so that's really the start of like this whole modern mystic journey for me. Um, from that point, luckily I got a mentor and I was able to harness these tools and I decided to channel it into tarot. And so I started, uh, being known locally as a a pretty well-known tarot reader. And I was able to kind of channel my gifts in that way to help people and to coach people. And then I realized that there was no place for me to take these folks for the tools that I use in my daily practice. So there wasn't a place in Atlanta to me that felt modern, accessible. Everything here is like 30 or 40 years old. And it's sort of like the old lady behind the curtain and the crystal ball kind of vibe, which is not really what I was interested in or my clients. I have, my clients were very average, not uber spiritual folks, um, looking just like for an access point. So that's when I started that idea of modern mystic shop. Now, how the rituals come into that is that, uh, prior to opening the store, I was like doing tarot full time. I got very depressed, like very depressed and immobile. Like I couldn't, I was, I basically canceled all of my sessions. I was unable to work. I was very, very stuck for three or four months. And my husband was great. Like he was literally like carrying me into my therapy sessions and like sitting with me because I could not get myself there. And one day I was like at this rock bottom point And he said, he is a ritualist. 
And he said, why don't you try this road opening ritual? And it was passed down to him from Apollo priestess that he had been working with. And he said, give this a chance. So it was a full moon and it was all that I could do to like make myself do this thing, but it clicked to do it. So I do this ritual with like, as if my life depended on it, like, like that this was like the last chance that I had for freedom. And I was crying and I was doing it. And I was, I mean, it was hours. Now I could do a road opener ritual in 40 minutes, but for whatever reason, it took like two and a half hours for these fucking candles to, oh, do you cuss on your podcast? Sorry (laughs) for these, for these candles to burn down. And I was just like, laying it out there and I was in like so much prayer and I was just like please like so desperate and a road opening ritual what it does is it it clears the path of any block so that you can actually move forward with your life so I did the road opener ritual within like five days of doing that ritual one of my clients overheard me talking about my idea for the store and offered to give me the seed money to start it Within like another week or two, we had the location. And within 30 days, we were open for business. Dang. <laughs> and Boom. so that, that had me like a believer. There's something with this ritual, with this ritual work. Like I was able to transmute my emotional energy. I was able to put it in a, towards a target. And I was able to instantly shift the way that my reality came back to me. So I was like, I'm on board. My, tell me, I need to learn more about this. So my husband at the time, he's now my former husband, but we're still very good friends. He uh, had been studying and, and this was his practice. My practice was more energy work, tarot, kundalini, yoga, meditation. And so I started learning from him and um, we created these little ritual kits that we were selling in our store. And there were five of them, just one for love, protection, money, et cetera. And we were teaching people one-on-one how to use this ritual, how to use ritual magic to transform their lives. And we were getting incredible results. People were getting new jobs. They were um, like instantly having like money fall out of the sky or opportunity, et cetera. And so the first set of rituals were designed and made by Brandon um, based on his study and ritual magic kind of is like a way to tap into a process that unlocks the door. So it's like you can make up your own rituals if you want to, or there are also steps that you can take to make them more effective and more efficient. So he made the first group grouping. Then simultaneously, I was like, there's a book, there's a book, there's a book that I have to write. There's a book that has to come out. And I got an agent really quickly and people were interested in me producing a book but all of the emphasis was on tarot because that's what I was known for to like the ritual practice was like more my personal practice and we didn't talk that much about it. But then it just clicked into me for me. That's like, okay, these ritual kits are really changing people's lives. I have an idea of how we can make this into a book slash product. So I'm just watching a balloon outside my window fly up, which is interesting <laughs> with a big smiley face. It's a good sign. Um, and that's when Brandon and I decided to partner on writing this book. So in Spells for the Modern Mystic, um, there's a portion of the rituals that came from him. And there's a portion of the rituals that came from me. And we collaborated together. And then I wrote all of the introductions and, all, and I, I wrote them all out and like was I authored them but for many of them he gave me kind of like the steps and the ingredients and these are all rituals that we use in our daily life so this it's not like um I do some like super sneaky extra special magic on the side and then I'm just like schlepping these like basic spells to people these are like the spells and rituals that we use to create our life does that answer your question yeah and I have some questions sure so I know we're similar in so many ways, like the awakening story. And then, you know, you, you're, you're beckoning people into the awakening process through this, you know, through your store, through these rituals, mm. mine's through motherhood. 
What, sure. And so I have a question when, and we've, I've, I've tapped into many things over the years and then I really link in with Kundalini as you do. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I link in, I, I do a lot of Lacey Phillips work and those two have really taken my life off. Now mm. with Kundalini, I see the effect, but I don't see it instantaneous. Have mm. you had anything else? I liked when you said that. And I, have you had anything else in your life? that's so instantaneous in rituals. Like why is it, do you believe out of all these powerful modalities in the world that I know you've tried them all? Yeah, I've tried a lot. Yeah. And so what, why, what do you think is the most powerful? And do you think it's per person? Do you think, you know? Mm. Well, I think ritual works very immediately uh, because it takes into account your the way that we approach ritual which is sort of psycho spiritual so we use self-hypnosis we use the psyche we use your emotional energy that you call up then and we teach you how to transmute that into something a, a vibrational frequency that will create a match for what you want we use like these ancient techniques with directions and planets and colors and it's like you layer everything together just right to kind of like shoot your um, intention in a very directive and powerful way. And so I think that because ritual engages like the entire being, and then you actually build, build, build through this ritual practice, all of this energy, all of this energy, and just like shoot it off with so much direction and specificity. Like you command the universe to respond in kind. And like, I feel like it has to do with universal laws. Like when you access and you follow these procedures, there's no other option except for the universe to respond, if if that makes sense. And so that's why I think that ritual works. But the thing is, is like we say in uh, in the book, like you have to have the insane belief. We call it insane belief because it feels crazy that you could do something and so instantaneously have a result that's a key to it. So it doesn't work for everyone. So if you're like a super skeptic and you're not going to believe that it works and you're not going to generate the energy and do it full out, it won't work for you. So I don't know that I can say that ritual will work for everybody, but if you believe in it and you give it like you're all in the moments that you're doing it, it will work for you. For you. It's been my experience. And it, it kind of reminds me of, you know, how Hari Jiwen explains, like, this is where your dad lives and this is where your mom lives in your auric field. And then this is why, mm. you know, you, you experience the other person from the point of view of being your mom or dad. Or if you mm. can break through that field faster with more mm. energy and more velocity, then, then you can, like, almost break, break the spell, break the curse. Sure. Past, right? And it's, like, in your field. And then you can see yeah. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. And then I also find that kundalini yogis are excellent at ritual because um, it takes a level of discipline and self-hypnosis and staying still, like to stay with it. Like these rituals will take you sometimes like an hour and a half, two hours. And there aren't a lot of spiritual practices out there where you're putting yourself in uncomfortable situations for 62 minutes or two and a half hours with like our long neck on cars or whatever. So I will say like people that have had practice in um, advanced practice and meditation and shift moving energy will fall into ritual work and have amazing results because they're already sort of um, built those muscles, right? And they have those understandings. So a lot of uh, Kundalini yogis in particular are fucking awesome at ritual work as soon as they drop in because they, they know what it's like to actually dig in and push. Right. And they're ready and their consciousness is pretty yeah. clear. Now, can you give us some examples of people that have done this and come back to you and been like, holy shit, like this works. Can you believe what happened? Like, I want to hear those stories because I think they really make our consciousness know that things work. Well, I mean, would you be okay with me sharing personal stories? You you can start with anything you want to. Yeah. So, so this is the one of the most amazing stories. I have so many amazing stories. So the first one being like the ritual that got me the the store like very quickly Uh, but we have a whole chapter in the book on ancestors, ancestral work, which I believe is the most powerful ritual magic you can do because our ancestors, I don't know how you see ancestors, but they're very close to us. Like in the astral realm, they're like most easy for the average person to access because they share our bloodline. They're already sort of like know where to find us. And it's just pretty easy to connect with them. And they can kind of 
they've got skin in the game, right? Because if we're here to elevate our lineages, then they're invested in our advancement because it heals the lineage frontwards and backwards is, is how I see it. So I'm looking over here because I have this ancestral altar um, that we teach you how to build in the book. And um, I'm also a psychic medium. So I do have the advantage of being able to like hear and talk to my ancestors in real time that most people probably don't. However, I got, I was at Rama because all these crazy things happened to me and these big opportunities have come while I'm in like our Rama group. So I'm at Rama. I get this email where Good Morning America is offering us a slot to put one of our products on their morning program. I remember. (laughs) Okay. So the catch was I had to have like 75 or $80,000 of inventory to be able to match the demand that they were anticipating, which, and I had a very short amount of time to raise that kind of money. And I had that money in the bank, but we were coming up to our holiday season. So all of our funds were really allocated towards our inventory. So I'm like, how am I going to get this money? And I tried all the conventional ways. I, you know, we're pitching people. I went to banks. I, Yada, yada, yada. I mean, so many different like practical ways to get this money. And we were coming up on the deadline. And I looked at my, ca- my, my, um, my calendar and I saw the day that we were supposed to be on Good Morning America was my grandfather's birthday. And he's on my ancestor altar. And it clicked the idea that I went to my ancestor altar. I had 24 hours left to secure this money. And I said, Grandpa, if we are meant to be on Good Morning America on this day, I need you, you to get me this money because I am out of ideas, freaking done. So I just asked him, and this is an ancestor altar that I've been working with for years. And it's almost like depositing into the bank account of adding energy to this. So I leave the altar. I go get a massage at my friend's massage studio. And she's like, how are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm fine. Just trying to get $75,000 to fall out of the sky so I can be in good morning America with our product or whatever. Ha ha ha. Go into the massage come out. And my friend who was massaging someone else said, my client overheard you and she wants to give you the $75,000 so that you can be in Good Morning America. And I was like, what? So the lady comes out and she's like, hey, I've been a customer of your store for four years. We've never met. Christine explained your circumstances. I just have this money sitting here. It sounds like you just need to borrow it and you would pay it back like within 30 days. Let's work it out. And there was my money. Holy shit. I love it. That's amazing. I mean, that's what we call, we like, it's, what was the saying? Like, I don't believe in miracles. I demand them. I expect them or something. Yeah. 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 I expect and, them. Yeah. Yeah. And so like that, that was like the most instant physical manifestation I've had. Um, I mean, I've had dozens of people message us on Instagram regarding like our quick cash ritual, which is a little bit different. It's like an ritual that you, it has to be like a smaller sum of money that you need like quickly. Like people, I mean, I'm trying to think of more. They don't often go into like the gritty details of their accounts, but for years with these ritual kits, we get people every day messaging, like I got that promotion. I got that house. Like for us, also, I use like our ritual to obtain space. We were buying a house and there were like 10 people bidding for this house. And we put the bid in as soon as the, the place was available. And we did like our little friend and I did together. We like built our little model and we did our road opener ritual in front of it. And we got the house and we didn't even have like, I don't even know if we had the highest bid. I, I don't know, but the magic made us get the house. And so Every person that has done the ritual to obtain space that I recommend for either gets the house that they want or something better very shortly thereafter. The stuff just works. It works if you work it, (laughs) you know? So let's do some examples of like how people can, and have you ever, actually, there's another question. Let's do some examples Mm -hmm. of different situations of different ways you can use the rituals, like maybe like three. And then sure. also, have you ever taken kundalini meditations and put it with it and then amplified it? Or do you, like, how do you play with these different, you know, mm-hmm. mystical tools that you have? So let me answer the second question first, because it's really cool. So when, um, so 
two things with the kundalini. What I do is, in, is instead of infusing kundalini mostly into the ritual, I include ritual into the kundalini. So for example, like with soba kriya has been very effective for me. So I make sure like when I'm doing soba kriya, I'm facing the north direction, which is increase. I make sure that I align it with certain planetary hours of the day. So if I really want to punch it through with soba kriya, I'll look at the day and I'll see, okay, what is the hour of Mars, which I was like, it's like an energy of just like punching through. I'll do it in the hour of Mars. I'll face the North direction and I'll do Soba Kriya. So I'm like layering the magical principles that I know to enhance my practice, if that makes sense. Is that all in the book? Yeah. So in the book, we talk about the directions and what they represent. And we talk about the planets. We can't put the planetary hours in the book because they rotate every day, but you can go to a planet. You can Google like planetary hour calculator or something like that. You put in where you are in the globe and it'll tell you like, this is the hour of Venus, hour of Mars, Jupiter, and there's, they come twice a day. Um, so I am mindful with like certain things that I'm doing with Kundalini to kind of like layer on some of these magical principles that I, that I know about to enhance it. And with Soba Kriya, I think Soba Kriya is a fucking spell to be honest with you. Like when we're doing like the God, the God part, I actually see myself as God commanding the elements. Like that's what Soba Kriya feels like to me. And so it's like me and like, I'm seeing like the tides at my command and the sun is rising and setting at my command. And like, me actually being like the God and master of my universe. And that feels magical to me, like to do that kind of extra level of like command of the elements. Um, so I, so that's kind of how it works. But then I will say when we have, we have this money spell in the book and part of the spell. So you were asked if we channel them or whatever I do. It's like, it's a combination of taking principles that we know that work for ritual work um, and taking those elements and making sure that they're in the ritual. And then also, yeah, kind of channeling the rituals because I create my own rituals that are based on the principles. So when Brandon and I were working on the money ritual, he, I was doing what he had laid out and I was like, we need to change it. And so what we did was like, we included like the Jupiter finger and like plugging it into, we didn't call it the arc line because people don't know what an arc line is, but plugging it into your arc line and then charging your arc line and then seeing your arc line spill over with like basically gold coins. Like that's like raining over you. So like most ritual practitioners don't know, probably don't know about like the Jupiter finger and the arc line. And those are things that like when I was seeing the ritual come to play, that would enhance the that would enhance the potency of it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you'll notice that in the, in the, in our money spell, it's like you click in your Jupiter finger. Um, and then what was the question that you asked before that? Well, it I have one in between that because as we were okay. ta- I'll go back to that one, but a couple of things I wanted to just reiterate for everyone who's talking, she's, what she's saying here is you're asking, you're not only asking, you're commanding the universe to help you. And I've said it in other podcasts before, but nobody has the honor or the time. They don't take time to pray. And mm. so it's almost like you come when I, and I sometimes command for protection and the things that I, you know, I don't necessarily like if I'm dating or something, the man just leaves and it's because it's not supposed to be there. And those, and your ego may think that's the right thing. Sometimes the things that are not supposed to be in your life leave. And sometimes the things that are supposed to come, come. And so it's not always like, I'm going to win a thousand dollars. It's like, you don't realize that some things are not meant for you as you begin to command things. And so yeah. the process of this deep awakening to your, you know, commanding and co-creating with the universe is also kind of your ego loss of like, Oh, I, I really wanted that, but it's not going to get me to where I really need to go. Do you agree with me? Like things get taken. Yeah, I would agree. No longer need it. Totally. I would agree with that. And then also you have to be open to how the, how the ritual shows up in your life. Like you might think that it's a very linear, like I need this amount of money. And so it's going to come in some sort of way. And oftentimes it comes in other ways, right? Like it could come with like free rent or it could come with like, you know what I mean? So absolutely, it's like, all of my money has come through different avenues. Yeah. So you have to have a lot of different avenues open and sometimes you have to close avenues where you're not in the loop of abundance. In my, mm. in my point of view, like if it's like kind of a negative loop or doesn't feel right, those have to be closed and you have to trust that it'll come from, from another source. 
Yeah, that could be your, it's like, it's so funny when I coach people, I just say like, your job is to put the vision out there or like the intention out there. And then it's really none of your business, how it gets to you. And if you get too wrapped up into the how of it, you'll choke off uh, the magic and the synchronicity. It's like, if you're already decided how it has to be. So it's like, your job is to sit there, to do the prayer, to do the, I mean, we actually say ritual is an advanced form of prayer. That's what we actually say that I think we say, I don't know if we say in our book, but I feel like we do, but that's how we explain it to people, especially like being in the Bible belt where Christian oriented folks will come into our store and be like, I feel called to do this ritual, but I'm not sure how it aligns with my beliefs. And it's like, it's just advanced prayer. And it's you co-creating instead of with the universe. It's like you get synced up with like the frequency of God and grace and you fucking go for it. Right. And that's also the Kundalini meditations are an advanced form of prayer. And it's like, I consider myself going to church. For myself, mm. with myself, yeah. always. And yeah. also with manifestations, I find that with me, like if I give less details, I receive more back. Mm. So like I was trying to find this house on the water and I just said like a few things about what I wanted. And then the more I let it go, the faster and the better it arrives. And that's yeah. very hard because it, there's no ego involved. It's just trust in the universe and it's going to come through somehow. And, and it's always a miracle how it, things happen. Totally. And that's part of ritual too. Like part of the key, one of the keys to ritual is basically surrender. It's like, you've got to do the work and know that you left it all out there when you did your ritual. And then you basically set it and forget it. And, and you just, you just can't keep on. We don't want you to re-engage with it because it, you, what's going to happen is you're re-engaging it with your pathology, with your neuroticism. You're not re-engaging it with positivity, right? So it's, it's never, you're never going back to like add extra good stuff. <laughs> it's just usually like the lack of belief that takes you back. So how do you, before we go to the questions about specific rituals to use, Sure. what do you recommend? So, I mean, this is the human problem that I, I, it's taken me years to get over, but like, if you have like a goal in mind and you're going to get that goal, right. And you're going to, so a lot of women, like it's in my world, it's like, I'm going to have a baby. Mm. And I'm going to have a baby and it's going to be, you know, like I'm going to do it natural or I'm going to, you know, I'm, and then they go from natural, then they go to IVF and then I, they, you know, like it has to be a certain way in the grind and the ego drive to get it. And that's, okay, you can have that be transferred to money, to a business, to a relationship, to your mom, whatever. What do you do? Because then it never comes mm. in that, you know, like it really doesn't come the way you want it to. It doesn't, there's no mat. It, it's intense. What do you tell people? Like how do, how do you, what do they do to heal? Well, that's an interesting question. Cause I'm curious. That makes me, when you say, what do you tell people to do to heal? It makes me curious about the lineage too. And like how there might be impacts of how things have to be done or these desires that are being kind of like pressurized from the lineage to be in a certain oh, kind of way too. Do you think it's an ancestor thing. Do you think it's possible? Yeah. To it's, it's a what thing? Do you think it's ever like a curse or do you, are you thinking mm. more it's like ancestral or I would call that to me, it's epigenetically. I yep. And so yeah, epigenetically, so, I say your family for many, many years, you were a breeder. Like, let's say like yeah. every woman in your mm -hmm. family has had to have a baby and had to, for me, it was always a relationship. Like I thought marriage was the way I had to be. And so as I've let the idea of the belief system of almost the constriction of I have to be married because it was, it was in my lineage. Yep. That's, what I, that's a major meaning. That's exactly where I went to right off the gate is like some of these pressures that are internal pressures are inherited or absorbed and not even really ours. So if you want a solution to that, if you want a solution to that through ritual, there are many solutions and ways that I approach that, that I would hundred percent go to someone like me that does the reunion process, like the healing, the healing work that I do. Um, really helps to unwind familial patterns. However, if you want, since we're talking about ritual magic in our book, we have a ritual to heal the family line. And that came straight from me. And it's super cool. Like there's honey and there's salt water and there's a black candle and a white candle that you merge together. And it's really, I think it's under the ancestor chapter, but it's really to help heal an acceptance of the dark and the light that comes into us through our lineage, because it's not all love and light. And to honor like the generations that came through and that, that got us here and to acknowledge like the blood that you carry to move forward, but then also to elevate it. So then I would say like to shake off some of that stuff with ritual would be the ritual to heal the family line. 
I could, we also have a ritual around like inner, basically as inner child work, that would be super helpful. And then I would just say the ancestral altar, because basically what you're trying to do with like, in this specific instance with, um, having a child, you're trying to move forward your ancestral line and your ancestors can help you with that. So I would like do an ancestral altar work after I did the healing of the ancestral line and ask your awakened ancestors to facilitate or help with that process. Cause a lot of times, I don't know if you're, I can't remember if you're a medium, but a lot of times the babies are like hanging out with the grandparents, you know, like they're, they're swimming around there, <laughs> like the, the souls of them, like ready to come through the lineage. So I guess that would be, did that answer your question? Yeah. And I can personally say that as I let go of my lineage, which, you know, it's not like light work, it's the heavy work, but I couldn't have found what I was supposed to do or move more into my own destiny or find what I really personally liked until I really disconnected from it Mm -hmm. because my soul is really calling to not be with anyone. Right. You know, like my soul is like, I couldn't do Mm -hmm. the work I'm doing right now. If I'm married with children in the house in that typical thing, I wouldn't be able to do the meditations. I wouldn't be able to do the writing. I wouldn't be able to, I could have never created everything I've created had I continued in a marriage in that traditional form. And so what was taken mm-hmm. away was I got to go to my destiny. And so, mm-hmm. and, and, and it's like, we don't, we think it has to be a certain way. Cause I was always raised that way. So the women, mm-hmm. if you're struggling, whatever you're pushing forward, which all of you are different, but a lot of you, it's, you know, I have to have a baby in a certain way and I have to mm-hmm. time it right. And I have to be this age and it has to look like this. And it's sort of like, well, mm-hmm. let's really look where that comes from and where does it run in the line and how can you disconnect that yep. so that it can come through in a different way? Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I'm learning that recently, like I'm recently divorced and I'm back into dating and in relationship and like a lot of old shit is getting kicked up and like my guidance and like the healers that I work with, they're like, this is ancestral. That's kind of like kicking up now. So there's a lot, there's the positive and the negative aspects of our ancestors and they carry trauma and we inherited and all of that stuff. Um, and then I would say another thing that we talk about with magic that, um, is taboo to some people is like desire, like actually being okay with the fact that you do have desires because, um, a lot of religious practices over the you know, eons has made like, I was raised Catholic, like to have a desire was selfish or wrong, or even the word was taboo. It's like, how can you get right and aligned with your desires and understand that like you, there's like, you are God inside of you and it's your birthright to make these desires come to fruition. And I believe that the manifestation of earthly desires is actually a key to ascension because actually what happens is you start getting the things that you want and you start realizing your power and then you kind of don't want them anymore. (laughs) And then you actually get to a different level of your advancement, but you have to be able to achieve those desires almost as stepping stones to, to that kind of elevation, I think. Oh, and you know, that's a really interesting thing. Cause I remember, I think somebody asked Guru Dev who just passed. Um, he's the, he was Sat Narmar Sayan, the leader of Sat Narmar Sayan, which is a, how I got into Kundalini and he's, you know, Yogi Bhajan gave him Sat Narmar Sayan, which is one of the most mm. powerful healing techniques on the planet. And he says, go out and mm. teach this. It's never been taught. Anyway, somebody asked him one time, like, what happens when we have no desire? He goes, you won't be here anymore. Mm-hmm. And so the point of them was like not to be here anymore, but like, I mean, you have to have fun with like what, so like when you, so if you look at your lifetime as this is your biggest desire, look at that as kind of, a, you know, you're not getting it or you have to work through it. Like once that's over, like then you, like if you get through the biggest desire and you work through that, which is what my third book, Alchemy of Becoming is on, it's just like grinding through the biggest desire and working through the alchemical process of changing yourself so you no longer need it. And it almost in a way you mm-hmm. find yourself and you become the snake eating itself, right? Mm-hmm. And that, then I feel like you're, like I feel personally, I don't know if it's for you too, but then it's my, my all my thoughts are not, focus on that desire or the lack of it I'm then focused on like what I came here to do and so I become an open container for ideas to flow through which is a lot more fun and then that's the co-creation with the universe where why not go co-create another planet or go co-create you know like Mm -hmm. it just that's exactly what it is is once you let go of these like earthly desires that trap us here which is the money and the relationships and the family line all the things we're talking about keep us entangled here 
And you keep building. I mean, it depends on how, what you think about karma. And we could, that's another discussion. Cause I think that we're shifting. I think karma has shifted like what karma is, or if it even exists, but some people would believe like the more entangled you are, the more karma you're continuing to create here. So the more likely you are to keep on revisiting, um, earth so if that's not your goal then like it's actually better to like not keep rebuilding karma but i would also i'm curious what you think about this so like for me what i've been noticing is like relationship is like a big desire of mine and like this like yearning that i have and so i've noticed like when i'm in a relationship it actually frees me up to do all this other work because it's like this anchor point and i'm not worried about it and it's like a support that allows me to kind of like get further and wider but then it's also still that's a very earthly like 3d desire i guess i don't know what would you think about that oh like you have the safety of what you want so you're yeah. able to do that now you're then you're attracting somebody who allows you that space to do so and you're Freedom. in a kind of relationship yeah. that is now for me I was always, I didn't know it. I was, I didn't know why I was looking for relationships. So it's like back to the women that are looking for a baby, back to the women that are desiring, like what? And I, and I was uncon, my real reason for wanting to be relationships, I wanted the third baby. Mm. And I thought the way to do it was this Mm -hmm. traditional way of a man and a woman get married and then they do it like Mm -hmm. this and then Mm -hmm. they get married and then they have the baby and then they like cradle the baby. And it's like, no, there's actually, so it, it was my, you know, understanding of like, there's a lot of different ways to have a baby. And the more power you have, the more you're so not scared to do it these alternative ways. So that was also a part of what I came here to teach women. Got it. And so for you, it's like, do you like to be in the relationship because the feeling of safety and maybe that's what it gives you. For me, I was looking for, to, to be honest, at that point in my life, the sperm. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it sounds yeah. it's like, it, and I guess I, I didn't, but then I didn't want the man to hold me back. Cause once you get caught, once you get, I mean, Tay said it the other day, very, very well. She says, she just randomly said out loud. She's like, don't go get married any of you yet, because you, if you're not set in the destiny, you get locked with the man you're with for the rest of your life at that frequency. And so you can't, oh. can't you think that you're not in relationship for some reason, it's because once you're locked in your destiny, once you're locked fully what you came here to provide and what you're really supposed to do, then the person will come in because you're not looking for anything else. You're, you're in, mm. if you get locked in the wrong frequency, your real mission can't come through. Oh, that's interesting. I'm going to think about that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I thought that was such really an oracle. She said that. She's such an oracle. I know. She says it so <laughs> randomly. I know. I know. You got to listen because it's like you never know what that, that big thing's going to drop in. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So like for you, I don't know, like what, what do you want? I mean, for you, you're probably still looking to heal. It's a huge transition. And then you're looking yeah. for that. I, I went through it too. I, I want to send you my book because it was really, it was my healing process as I went through that. Mm, yeah. I'd be very interested. Yeah. So you, um, you were asking also about, I guess, like spells and how to use them in certain situations or what was the the other question? Other examples. So we've come up with a few like ancestors, I guess Mm -hmm. I have one for me. So now, like, as I've let go of the relationship and the things I thought I wanted now, like all these amazing ideas are coming through with how to package my work into these classes Mm -hmm. for midwives. So I had this amazing woman come into my life yesterday at a conversation. She was a nurse I worked with like 12 years ago. She left her, um, she, we were on the same track in our careers and she then worked at a hospital and she created a program for women to like birth more naturally in a hospital. She left her job at this high hospital and has created like a $1.5 million company right out the door of, of teaching this to nurses around the, na- the nation. And I was like, this is exactly what I'm going to have to do with my work. Like I was waiting for them to tell me like, what is this about? Like, why did I write these books? What am I, how am I going to teach epigenetics? Cause it's very new in my field. No one in my field understands like epigenetics and pregnancy and the period of conception. So this is my mission. Now, what ritual would you do for me with trying to, to like, this is a, a, a small undertaking because I've already done so much work towards it. In that way, it's not like I'm just entering into the abyss. Like I'm a pretty, you know, a pretty become, I'm becoming an expert within my field. Sure. Then how do I package it and give it out to this particular sect of humans? 
I mean, I've already mentioned this ritual, but it's the best. I mean, it's my favorite number one most effective ritual, which is the road opener, because it's really an opportunity spell. And what it does is it really just clears the path and clears the way for everything that you would need to execute on this idea to come through and to get anything that would sabotage you or even your self-sabotage or whatever out of the way. And so it's just like, if you can imagine like a freeway that just as extends as far as you can see, and you can just go as fast as you want because you're completely unobstructed. And so, I, I mean, that's sort of what I would think would be um, at this point, it's like bring in the opportunity to manifest and make, take this idea. It's like, I'm a tarot reader. So like right now it reminds me a little bit like you're the, have the, the fool card. It's like the potential and you can see all of those different elements floating around and we got to get you to the manifestation, which is like the magician where you actually actualize it and crawl it in and package it and send it out. So I think, I mean, for me, that would be a really great ritual to, to do probably quarterly as you hit these different milestones, just to keep blazing that trail wide open and get everything out of the way. Awesome. Any, anything else yeah. come to mind as you're thinking this, maybe with Soba Kriya? For yours? Oh, I love Soba Kriya. I mean, I would definitely be doing Soba Kriya every day. <laughs> I used to do it every day for a year and then I got my job at Genesis and that was like the per- exactly what I needed for my career. Mm, that's awesome. Um, you're saying any other rituals for exactly what yeah. your circumstance that you mentioned? I'm trying to like go through. So, I mean, we've got, it's not really that you need money, right? It's just that you need the no, resources. I don't finance, I'm fi- financially, yeah. house-wise, children-wise. I mean, the relationship, full relationship hasn't come through, through yet, but it's like, I see it. Now I'm not mm-hmm. even, that's not even a concern to me because I know I have to do this. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's my number one recommendation. It's like there's 25 rituals in the book and that one's the one that would like hit that nail on the head. And of course you can always, you would be layering it with your Kundalini yoga work and, and other things like that. But that to me is like a hundred percent on target with what you're trying to do. And you know, it'll help you. What's so great about like this ritual and rituals in general is like, it helps you create a target of where you're going. And so I know we were just saying it's, it's interesting because it's like really you have to adapt the ritual to you because uh, we were saying like sometimes the less specific you are, you know, you can, you can, things come in in strange ways. I, I find a lot of times so with ritual, if you do know a specific target, it can help you like hit that exact target too. If that's how your psyche works, I think you've got to know how, how your psyche works. Like with me, like I always hit number targets with sales goals and stuff. Like if I say the goal is $2 million in 365 days, like we'll always hit it. I don't know how sometimes, but like it happens. Awesome. So, and then for uh, women that are trying, okay, there's two situations, women that are like mothers that are at home and that I want to, like, you know, I felt it before, like when I was a mom and I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do. And I just thought I was supposed Mm -hmm. to be happy with my kids And then you Mm -hmm. think you have everything in the world, but you really don't have your own passions going on. And there's a lot of grind Mm -hmm. to that. What do they do? And then the second one is what do women do who are wanting children? Let's do the wanting children one first, because that popped in my mind as soon as you, you didn't even ask the question. And I was like, I think she's going to ask this question. This is the answer. So let me do that one. So this is going to have to be adapting a ritual in the book. So I have a ritual in the book that I created years ago and it's 40 days to attract a committed relationship. And it's a 40 day candle ritual that you do every single day as your daily practice to call in a love relationship. I think that this could be completely adapted to a mother calling in the soul of her baby. And basically it's like, it's, it's called, like I said, it's like a, a ritual to attract a committed relationship is what it's called in the book. But basically what you're doing is you're lighting a candle each day, one for you and one for your future partner. And then you do this, like there's a butterfly in the middle of it. And you do this visualization of like feeling the energies like merging and coming together and coming to fruition. And then you let it go and you do it every day for 40 days as your practice. I think you could, instead of lighting the candle for the future partner, light the candle for your future child and envision and get this, get the physical feeling of what it would be like to bond with that baby and invite it in and, and see it grow and mature with you. Um, so we don't have a chapter specifically on like motherhood, but I think that could easily be adapted to kind of like open yourself up. And it's like opening yourself up from that heart space, not from like this 
the ritual gets you in that heart space, not in this needy, like grabby kind of desperation kind of place, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would actually, I would be curious if someone, if, if any of your listeners decide to do that and then they get like pregnant within 40 days, please let me know. Yeah, right, <laughs> because, in, right in. That'd be awesome. <laughs> but I think that that's, because really what you're trying to do with that ritual is align yourself with the vibrational frequency of a partner that's a match for you. I don't see why you couldn't do that with the soul of, of a child, except for the fact that they're like not on the earth just yet. But I feel like that could work. Um, what was the other question about finding your passion? Yeah. Like the women that are, you know, mothers and they, they get lost in the motherhood mm. and then they kind of are like, well, what, where am I? Who am I? Yeah. You know, what am I here to do? And it, because they, they can't think, they, they think the, the normal grinding job is they can't find their own passion. Maybe it's even sure. with like making poetry or their own musical practice, something like that. Yeah. So there's this one ritual. It's the only ritual that we like really call a deity by name, but um, it's a ritual with Kali and it's a transformation ritual. And it has a lot to do like, we give you a track to listen to, to like dancing and moving your body and like really like generating creative transformational energy. So I think that would be like a really good ritual for somebody that's looking to just like engage with spark and passion and, and raise energy. Um, I think people, it's actually very fun. Like we have a lot of people that was like, that was so, that was really, really fun. You get like sweaty and you're dancing and you're, it's like a lot of movement, but it unlocks like this transformation of creative fire power within your being that then like free, it's free. It frees you basically um, from like being, feeling um, trapped. I'm seeing like the, like this eight of swords kind of energy of it's, you just like kind of break out. So I would recommend doing that. It's really fun. It's like a really, really fun ritual. Cool. I'm trying to think what else. Anything else come to mind? Yeah. I mean, I mean, so our, our book is broken down. So I can tell you the different chapters. Since there's, there's love, there's wealth, there's ancestors, there's uh, transformation, and then there's spaces. So, you know, I would also say it's like very, we have this beautiful ritual to clear a space where we use um, like salt and alcohol and a- angelic uh, beings to clear spaces. So I would say like, if you feel stuck, uh, in your life, oftentimes there's like, especially during COVID time where people were like really occupying a lot of space and then having a lot of cathartic moments in the house, et cetera, as we're processing this stuff, I would just recommend like always keeping your home clear. And that's a very powerful ritual to just like, I do it every new moon to just like reset the energy. And I would say like, to get more in tune with the planetary energies, like, like for instance, it's super practical magic, but like each day of the week is aligned with a planet and you can align your activities to amplify that. So for me and my business, Wednesday is the day of Mercury. So we have all of our meetings on Wednesdays and it's a really big day, but it's the best day for communication and for understanding. Well, um, you know, Fridays, we often have like, so creative space built in because Friday's Venus and beauty and creativity. So if you can learn some of these little hacks on how to align yourself with the planetary energies, you can get like more mileage out of your activities if you are strategic with it and you can actually have them working for you. Hmm. And then the final question I have is you said North, West, East, South all have a point i know that's in your book but could you just say mm-hmm. it quickly for us so that yeah sure listening like how they can utilize the space that sure way. so like north is increased so if you want more of something you would face north or for example like i have my wealth altar i've got altars all over my house my wealth altar is facing north it's in the north direction of the home so because i want money and you know opportunity to increase south is sort of like to release things so you know, if like for us, we have this ritual called get the fuck out, which is a protective ritual. So you're going to face South. Like anytime you're trying to banish something or release something, um, even if like, actually sometimes I was doing, I forgot what it's called. The, 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 this one, the Jupiter chakra, the Jupiter chakra. I feel like when I was doing that, I was doing that facing South because I was trying to release trauma and I was trying to, so like I was doing that one facing South. Um, West is right timing. So if you have, if you want to manifest something with like, just like right organic timing, that's West. 
East is swift timing. So if you need something in a hurry, um, you would be facing East. And then Northwest is what we, is like the optimal area um, direction for ancestral work. Like they really inhabit that Northwest direction. So your ancestral altar should be in the Northwest corner of your home or the room that it's in. Uh, and these are just like, and then just really knowing like the planetary energies can also really, really help. But the directions, you can use them, you know, with anything. Like you can think about how you line up your house. Now, it's, it is a little bit different than like the Kundalini way because I feel like, I can't remember how they say the bed should be, but like my in my practice, you're, you should be sleeping with your head facing north. And I don't think that's how they do it with like Vastu stuff. I feel stuff, like it's but southwest, but I don't, I don't follow it. I just have to follow my bedroom sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But so we try, but for in magic, because of north, it's like, okay, I want everything to be like growing and be more positive. But it's, um, it's really helpful if you, you know, can align with those sort of energies. It's like, kind of, why not? And like align your yoga practice to it if you, if you want to. Um, this has never been taught to me, like, by a Kundalini teacher to use the directions. This is just how I've kind of merged my different modalities to enhance each other. And then for altars, you're just gathering what's important to you because the people who doesn't who are listening that don't know how to make an altar, um, it's it's sacred objects, right? Well, it depends. Like, yes, it's sacred objects, but like for an ancestral altar, there are specific components that we want you to have on that altar. So, like one, like it's an odd number of glasses, usually one to three. You want to have a candle that's burning all the time. You, If you have any artifact or a photo of someone in your lineage, like that's great to anchor it or one of their, like some of their favorite food. Uh, ancestor altar, you don't want anyone living represented on there. And then we offer you a ritual that you do one time to kind of all open the gates. Um, you know, some people will say that to build an altar, you need to have each of the elements represented. So fire, air, earth, water, to have it be like a balanced altar. Um I, you know, I have an altar set up to a deity that I work with very regularly. And it's like with things that resonate with his energy. So it depends like altar 101. If you just want to do like a basic altar, I would probably make sure you have something that represents all of the different elements. So it's a balanced altar, but it gets more specific. The more you're trying to basically, you're trying to anchor certain energies in the 3d physical space. And so it gets more specific, I guess, the more advanced you get. This has been awesome. <laughs> Amazing. Thanks. Really, really Thanks. good conversation. How can people find you? Um, okay, so we are uh, modernmysticshop.com. So you can shop online. If you're in Atlanta, I would love for you guys to visit us in Pond City Market. Uh, our company is called Modern Mystic Shop. It's a beautiful space. Um, on Instagram, it's modernmystic underscore shop. And if you, I, I don't have like a public link. So I'm usually not taking new clients to do readings um, and stuff with me. However, if you DM us and say you heard me on this podcast and you want my booking link, because I'm sure your audience is good. I can share my booking link if anyone wants to do one-on-one -on -one work with me. That would be readings or energy healing. And then I guess lastly, every new moon and full moon, I do these remote group healings. You can find that on modernmysticshop.com under experiences where I use the reunion process, which is my healing modality to do like an energy healing on behalf of the group. And you don't have to show up to do it. I do it by myself. And then you get sent the recording of the transmission by 10 PM um, that night. Awesome. So that's Thank what I got going on. And buy my book, Spells for the Modern Mystic on Amazon. No. You can only pretty much buy it on Amazon these days or out of my store because luckily we've sold almost all of them and they're reprinting. So that's good news. Good. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for the time. Yeah.